the God of the universe from the beginning of time in his unbelievable sovereignty has always allowed and brought men in to be partners with him in this whole thing. Well, welcome. Welcome to Pulpit Podcast, where we're still figuring it out. (laughs) We're still trying to figure out what to talk about. Trying to figure out what to talk about. Week five, we have no idea what we're talking about. But we know what we're talking about today a bit. I think so. Nehemiah 3. Jeff Turner here. Bo Steele. Here from Camino Chapel, yes. talking about um, all sorts of stuff, yeah. and also uh, just kind of going into what we talk about on Sundays. Yeah, it's so last yeah. week. Well, not last week. It's actually, kind of was it last week or week before? We had two weeks. We ago. talked about yeah, yeah. all of our favorite things, and some of you didn't like that, but some of you did. Yes, and so we're gonna do that every once in a while. Some of you want to hear us talk about some off-topic stuff, some things we like to talk about. But yeah. We're gonna go. We're going back to the Bible today. We're gonna to talk about yeah. some some biblical pieces, and so for Nehemiah sure. chapter three. That's where we've been at like the last three weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are you drinking today? Oh. That's, that's kind of what we always hit at, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, uh, I'm back to cherry Dr Pepper. I don't need nice. to be drinking this. Me and my wife have done so good eating, and yeah. we've been on Target. But man, today was one of those days I was like, yep. I just need, I need a good old pop soda. In Texas, we call them Cokes. It's yeah. Like you would say, I want a Coke. And they, and say, they say, what, what kind? kind? Yeah. yeah. And like, I'll have Sprite. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's like. I had a year or two in Alabama, <laughs> so I, I understand the lingo a little bit, but it doesn't said, make sense to most people. I want a pop. It's like, no, yeah. I want a Coke. Well, what kind? Dr. Pepper. So, What's yeah. a pop? What's a pop? pop? What's a fizzy? Yeah. Oh man! So yeah, man. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk Nehemiah chapter yeah, three. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, so let's catch you up on if you haven't been on the podcast or you haven't been at church in a coon's age. So the last three weeks, we've <laughs> a, a been coon's age. Yeah, a proper coon's age, man. Okay. I don't know what it means, and it's probably. I hope it has nothing like bad, but there's like this. <laughs> there's like it's Hansen Coon's age, and so I'm sure it has something to do with like yeah. a raccoon and oh for ability, sure. Which, by the way. The Turner family hates raccoons. Does anybody oh, yeah. else have raccoon problems here on the island? I don't. <laughs> At our house, we have a ton of bunnies, but they aren't really a problem. <laughs> I couldn't see how a bunny would be a problem. No. I go, no, I we mean, got these stinking trash pandas, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> them turds, man. And they're out there in the daytime. I thought that was weird. Like, Yeah, they're supposed to be like nocturnal, right? So I'm trying to keep my cool, but I want to straight up get rid of these trash pandas, but I don't want to do anything that would get us put in jail or whatever. And our neighbors not like that or whatever. So I don't know. Just trying to figure out this raccoon problem. I mean, I have a bow and arrow if you want to borrow that. I know you (laughs) you do too, though. I do too. Now I finally have a compound bow. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Aaron classic. He just dropped one off. What a blessing. So I need to get it sighted in. Well, not sighted. I need to get some sights for it and I need to get the, strings uh, for my length or whatever. The tension or... Yeah. yeah. The tension's on there. It's Okay. It's, you've got to like something about place the notches to where it's your it's your draw length. And I okay. guess on it, it's not as like long. So when I'm doing it, I'm like, yeah, it's not as whatever. So yeah, I love for archery. Sure. I'm just not very good at it. So. Yeah. All the little hobbies, all the little hobbies. <laughs> well, uh, Nehemiah 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've actually been... Like super intrigued by all of the specific gates and stuff, and yeah. I feel like you've been doing a good job of kind of bringing it into well, stuff you. that actually 
fits our day to day that oh, sure. like makes sense to us now and not just like this was this gate built by this person that was built in the 440. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm taking a little bit of Liberty at, at going yeah. through some spiritual application of the gates because like you're going to read through Nehemiah three and everything we're talking about is not just lined out there. And so here's the kind of the approach we took to the gates, um, was we, we, if you're looking at a map, which I'm guess you're looking at my hand, they're going as Nehemiah is describing them counterclockwise, right? I guess if we're looking this way, you're seeing that. Yeah. And so you start the sheep gate and you move to the fish gate and the old city gate or the old gate. And then I think you get to uh, the valley gate, dung gate. Then you get to the fountain gate. And then all of a sudden, the last four we talked about yesterday. Um, gosh, what was the first one we talked about? We talked about the water gate. The water gate, yeah. Moving into the horse gate. And then you go to the East Gate and then the Inspection Gate. And so what happens is, well, as we're like, I'm actually shocked that I was able to regurgitate all that without looking at my Bible. Yes. And That's so, impressive. yeah. So <laughs> what happens is as you, you're looking at each one of these, you notice that sometimes in the Gospels, as well as the New Testament, there is either mention of the gates of these specific ones. Like, for instance, um, we read in Ezekiel 43 and also Zechariah 12. Don't, don't quote me exactly on that. But at least in, in Ezekiel 43, that the Messiah is going to return in through the East Gate. Now, here's a little bit of like historical precedent or whatever to that. The current East Gate would have not been the east gate that Jesus hmm. would have been in that time. So they think this is actually lower. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. Interesting. So what do you mean you, by lower? That that built was that wall was built later. Okay. That there actually would have been a lower gate. Now again, I someone I, a Hebrew scholar is going to go, actually okay, I get it. I'm I, I'm a yeah, pastor. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an expert on all those sort of things. But um you can still take some implications from that that somehow the Messiah is going to return on the Mount of Olives, and he's going to enter in through the East Gate. And so you have all this imagery of Christ returning. So we could get real down to the nitty-gritty, or we can just go, man, how cool that this gate is spoken of in other parts of the Scripture. But we also see that the East Gate was used when Jesus actually comes in on a donkey on the triumphal entry. So you kind of take that and go, wow, how cool is that? And so we're looking at all these different gates. We kind of saw this journey of of Christ followers, almost in order, so to speak. So for instance, in the sheep gate, we give our lives to Christ because He's the Lamb of God. So our relationship with the Lord begins with admitting, submitting, believing upon, being born again, faith in Christ as the Lamb slain for our sin. Okay, So you can't worship God without that first. And then you get to the fish gate. So we talked about that um, we the first thing that Christ calls us to is become fishers of men. And then you move from, you know, you're in Christ, you become a fisher, and then there was the old gate. And so we talked about that it is, we're no longer old. I mean, yeah. it's, they take off the old, we're new in Christ, mm-hmm. we're new creatures in Christ. And so we kind of, we followed this pattern of like, okay, now we're talking about the valley gate, that there's an aspect in our walk with Christ, that we trust yeah. him. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we walk with him. We don't have to fear because he's with us. So anyways, we just kind of walk through that pattern and going, you know, that's a part of the Christian life. That's a part of the yeah. Christian life. So that's what we've kind of done with Nehemiah 3 to sort of look at these 
and you're not going to get to Nehemiah three and read all that. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not even yeah. talking about reading between the lines. If anything, I'm just kind of being honest about allegorically talking yeah. about these things and some ties into the New Testament. And For sure. I'm not trying to eisegete, but but just trying to say, hey, how does this kind of speak to our relationship with Christ? And so yeah. that's kind of what we've tried to do over the last For three sure. weeks. Yeah. For, for those of us who uh, don't necessarily know that term, what's eisegete? Okay, so like eisegete uh, would be like you're taking a scripture out of context. Okay. So Because okay. uh, I've heard of exegesis, but like... Yeah, okay, yeah. so exegesis would be like I look at a I look at a phrase a scripture for instance let me give you the perfect one that everyone always there's a couple of scriptures that people do this terribly this would be eisegesis so we take I think Philippi- I know where you're going to go with this probably one or two scriptures yeah Philippians 4:13 yeah Jeremiah 29:11 yes okay so here's what we do Philippians 4:13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Paul is saying this from a jail cell. And yeah. he's saying this, I have I have had means, I've also been poor, I've been beaten, I've like had so what Paul's doing is talking about all these things that he's done, been a part of. He's 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 had food to eat, he's been starving, he has been in jail, he's been on the mission field, he has been through everything. So he's saying, no matter what scope and arena I'm in in life, whether I am in jail or I'm yeah. at the top peak of my ministry, whatever you would say that, yeah, I can do all those things through the power of Christ. So if I am desolate and I'm being whipped for my faith, I've got a gun to my head, yeah. I'm in a country where Christianity is banned, I can do it through the power of Christ. If I'm in America, I mean, I'm, I'm leading a church or I'm leading a corporation and I, I can do it through, I can do things I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then you get like That's Jeremiah 29, 11, like these are the plans I have for you. Yeah. So I said, Jesus, I feel like that's gotta be like the number one <laughs> verse that gets put on people like graduation cards. Like every, every, every high school year. football team in the state of Texas that <sighs> has some following of Jesus got a football with Jeremiah 29, 11 on it. And I'm like, you're missing the point. <laughs> the point of that was that they were in exile and yeah. like, we're living in a land and we're probably going to get killed and all these sort of things. But you know what? I trust the plans of God. I'm going to dig yeah. my roots in. I mean, we haven't place. won the state championship in five years, <laughs> so that kind of feels like exile. No. Not serious. It's exile. We had one. Come on, coach. So Isagesis is taking those verses yeah. out of context. Isolating them from uh, the context. Yeah. Context. If you can Iso- connect yeah. those words, ice, Isagesis, it's not the same way you spell it, but you can kind of do a little... Mnemonic yeah. device, isolating. So you're isolating a verse to just mean what you want it to mean. And exegesis is to take a verse and look at the context of it and go, okay, what does this verse mean in the context of what it's written? Yeah. So in full disclosure, there is some eisegesis happening as we talk about Nehemiah 3 because we're not looking at the valley gate and it says exactly what we talked about. We're kind of yeah. we were up front to say, Hey, we see these and we kind of notice some implications in the New Testament, how Christ spoke, what he did. And then let's just play around with this and see what the scriptures use in regards to water. But I don't think we're necessarily in the same way as like a Jeremiah 29. We're not taking something out of context. We're just using it, like you said, allegorically Mm -hmm. saying like this is... This is what that gate was used for. This is what that means. Right. And then taking that to other biblical exactly. yeah, interpretations. And- because honestly, and, and there is a little bit of, when we use the word allegory, 
we're using this word to spiritualize things. So, uh, for instance, I've got great friends. Uh, we're not actually headed here, but this is just an example of it. Yeah. Um, when we talk about the end times, I and there people are all over the spectrum, and I don't mean that negatively. Like they've done the research or their homework. I've got great friends that they're on the spectrum of the end times to believe that according to scripture, these things actually meant this, that this actually is actually, whoever was saying this, it was actually more spiritualized than it is mm. um, literal. And so on the end times spectrum, they're kind of over here in a particular way of believing. It. Yeah. Um, actually, I have some friends that are what we call all millennial. They don't, they don't believe in a millennial kingdom and that sort of thing. And they have scripture to back that part up. Now, I don't fall in that particular camp, but I respect a lot of people from yeah. their work they've done in this. Then we've got all the way over here, and they have taken certain scriptures to mean this. And so you've got this spectrum that if we were to kind of get down to brass tacks, these people would say the big main things. They would be in agreement. Yeah. Jesus is coming back. For and sure. there is an eternity with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit forever. We live forever, and there will be a blessed peace. Now, yeah. if those are the things that I, as a pastor, am going to d drill into, Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a future with Him forever, which I have a resurrected body, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The other things are maybe mid-level details. Mm -hmm. Some would say big details because they're really into this stuff. And some would say minor details that for for two thousand years we've been like busting it, figuring this thing out. Yeah. And so, eisegesis is not necessarily in that, but is a little bit of allegory. You're saying, okay, I think that when the writer said this, it's kind of more spiritualized. And this person over here may go, no, 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 that's a literal oh, prophecy. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so we're, what we're doing is more allegory in this yeah. last. And I don't normally preach like that. I'm very much like. This says this says this, but this yeah. I think we've taken a little bit of license to go. Okay, let's talk about the Watergate. Let's talk yeah. about, and we had a joke to our folks that were like around <laughs> the seventies, like this is not the Watergate of you know of, of Nixon. Nixon. <laughs> yeah. It's like so. Anyways, yeah, that, that we've taken a little bit of liberty of just talking about. Okay, let's talk about the inspection gate. What was the implication of that historically? Yeah. How does that fit into our worldview of Christ? Okay, we talked sure. about the East Gate. What's our What's our implications of that? Yeah. And so I would, if I'd be honest, though, my favorite one to talk about yesterday a little bit was the, was the Watergate. That's what stood yeah. out to me in the way that, the way that you related that, because you were saying that like water is often referring to scripture in the Bible, right? Yeah. And that the Watergate didn't need to be fixed. I find that, that so interesting. Yeah. You go through That's and you fascinating. read, this gate need to be repaired. This gate need to be repaired. This gate need to be repaired. The Watergate... Did not need. In fact, it says. Remind me, was that the only one that didn't need to be repaired? Yeah, it's the wow. only one that doesn't. Need, it says the temple servants living in Ophel made repairs as far as the front of the water gate okay. toward the east and the projecting tower. But every other one, there's some kind of repair that's taking place. Now you can make the case that the inspection gate didn't need to, but of all the other ones, the the water gate's the only one that says it did need to have repairs yeah. done to it. So we just sort of tease that out allegorically, spiritually speaking, mm -hmm. to say, you know, if the Watergate also represents... And there's something else we didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday, which yeah. I find very interesting, which would have helped making some points. You're, we're, so we're going to get to this point, but in Nehemiah chapter 8, Ezra comes, and he's going to mm -hmm. read the law to the people. 
guess what gate he uses to read the law to the people? The water gate. The water gate. Wow. So he could have used any gate, yeah. but he uses the water gate. And so we see this connection with yeah. Ephesians chapter 5, 26, that uh, we are... Uh, I forget, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget off the top of my head, but it's, we're made clean by the washing of water. That's like the scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, and then Christ says in John chapter 15, verse three, you've been made clean because you've been washed uh, by, by the word. And so there's this picture of the word and water coming together a lot of times that it's refreshing. And then we see Jesus literally telling the woman at the well, um, like if you had asked, I'd have given you living water. Well, we believe according to John chapter one, Jesus is the word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we give our lives to Christ, he gives us himself. He puts the Holy Spirit in us. Therefore, now we have a fountain of living water constantly in us. Ezekiel also tells us that he is going to put the law in our hearts forever. So we've got the law given to us forever yeah. because we've been adopted. We have the Holy Spirit who then is now our teacher. He is the Word. He's pointing us back to the Word. Yeah. And so it's all these kind of like, sure, whoa, sure. man, that's great. I, and you know, we, we even talked about that um, when we find ourselves in sin. And so that when we repent, it's it's refreshment, that, that times of refreshment return. Well, I'm going to tell you, anytime I repent, the, the, the God of the universe is drawing me back to his word, you know? Yeah. And so we kind of talked about sure. all those sort of things, but we, we really hit on the Bible. Yeah. Really during the Watergate piece yesterday. For sure. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's kind of what stood out to me talking about how, like I said before, you were saying that the Watergate didn't need to be repaired and the Bible doesn't need to be repaired. The yeah. Bible is, is the perfect word of God. Yeah. And I, first off, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Also, I struggle with that sometimes sure. because knowing how the Bible was put together, the council of Nicaea, all of that good stuff. Like it was, there was several different men that wrote the Bible. And then there was this group of guys that decided what was then going to be called the Bible. Yeah, sure. And so how can we, like, how do we reconcile that, that that is still the perfect word of God, knowing that Great there were men involved in, in all of that. So great question. And this is what I would say. The God of the universe from the beginning of time in his unbelievable sovereignty has always allowed and brought men in to be partners with him in this whole thing. Uh, To the extent that, and I actually had this conversation, this is going to, for some of you that might have this background, you may go, whoa, you're stepping on toes. And uh, kind of rightfully so. I, I had a, the awesome privilege last week of speaking with this family. Oh, it was such a great time. They literally all want to get baptized. The latest, yeah, yeah. This lady had said, I, I left the Mormon faith and I gave my life to Christ, but I really struggled with understanding some of the things that Mormons believed. Mm. And I said, in in our word, in, in Christian faith and the, the, the faith of our Lord, when we read the Bible... It has always been attested with witness. And what I mean by that is that even with Moses on the mountain, who are also there in some proximity, Aaron and Joshua, so different in regards to a lot of other faiths where you basically have like a random holy man. So in the Mormon faith, this is Joseph Smith, Mm -hmm. that receives the revelation, but only he can read it. Yeah, there's no, there's like no accountability there. So nothing. yeah, so yeah. I forget which gentleman it was. I can't remember if it's Brigham Young or who it was. Is like I want you to sit there and I'm going to look in a hat, 
and I'm going to tell you everything it says, but you can't read it. It's really, it's for like my knowledge. It's these gold plates and only I can read it. You're like, ah, that's not biblical. That's not Christ. The, the funny thing about the Bible is that you read about things in the Bible that should embarrass the Bible, but they were put there in such a way as to show the reality of the worldview. For instance, this is what I love. Who were the first people to see Jesus? The women. Women. Yeah. In first century Judea, and really for most of the world, at that point in time, women Mm. did not have a very high status. I hate that, but that's just the truth of of historical context. And And if they were wanting to lie about something... They wouldn't have said that the women were the first to see exactly. Jesus. You would have had the like highest dudes, yeah, like yeah. the generals, like, and then they showed up. No, it was the women. Yeah, I love that because that's a, that would have been an embarrassing factor. Yeah, but it's a truth factor to go, hey, that's in there. Yep. Why, if if there were men wanting to rewrite scripture, why would they show all the embarrassing sins of yeah. David? He is a the For man sure. of yeah. God, man after God's own heart. And we have a story about him in a moment of awful adultery, yeah. checking out a chick, and then later, all of that. And it's like, that's embarrassing. Why is that in there? Because they're telling the true story of, of men. So, okay, yeah. so you kind of go back to this, like, how is all put yeah. together? So you have these men writing the word, and there's always witness to it, even through the trans transmission of scripture in the old testament yeah there were scrolls upon scrolls and copies upon copies and copies and copies and copies and copies and so we we believe moses wrote the first five that's the torah the pentateuch that he Mm -hmm. was the first he wrote the first five he's in community of people getting this so he's not even as he meets with the lord there is counsel and people around attesting to God's word because they can hear God speak and they're seeing the words even given. So when mm. Moses comes off the mountain, there's Aaron and Joshua with him. Yeah. Well, not Aaron. Aaron's down at the baseline. I meant to say Joshua. Excuse me. Take that back. Um, so there's always witness to it. And so... Well, and and yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to your point, um, like you were saying with uh, Brigham Young, how he was like, only he could see the special things. Like... When Moses came off the the mountain, I was at island. Uh, off the, <laughs> off the island, that's Ooh. a different version. <laughs> <laughs> when Moses came off the mountain, yep. he had the tablets with him. Yeah. He had something to show for it. Yeah, that he didn't get up there and chisel himself. That yeah. was the Lord. And so I would have loved to have seen the sheer detail of that written in the stone because I yeah. imagine in the Hebrew, the Proto-Hebrew. Uh, it probably was the cleanest chisel as God is writing in rock. Yeah. That the it's probably was like, how did you do that? It was like, there's no way Moses would have gotten up there and like. That's ding, cool ding, 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 it, yeah. ding. It's it was probably like glass carved yeah. into this, and so uh, wow. so you just have you have witness upon witness, and so also uh, here's another thing that people don't think about regarding the Word of God. They're writing in history as they are reading books, observing the world around them, as well as God speaking to them. So this is not how Scripture came to be. It didn't just like come out of the sky and like, ah, and like, what is this, thine word? And like, we're just going to copy it. That's not how, it was real people writing real letters to people, real historical facts. Yeah. Also what didn't happen is that men like go into like a trance and like, that's it, it was yeah yeah 
it was God, verbal inspiration. For, for sure. As man is writing this, they're using real historical facts, real life around them, witnessing and seeing this stuff happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's... And- um, the Bible Project, they, I've listened to a few episodes a while back where they were talking about how the epistles were written yeah. in a lot of Paul's letters. And it talks about like the people writing the letter in some of the letters. Right. And so it wasn't always Paul writing. like he, Because right. writing a letter back then wasn't me just sitting down with a pen and paper yeah. writing to Aunt Sue. It was yeah. like... Like you had, you had to have money to write a letter, mm-hmm. and you had to hire someone to scribe it out for you, and like it was a process. Yeah, and so even you go way into Hebrew history. Most of us think that it was all oral history, and what they yeah. began to find archaeologically was that there was a lot more writing on things earlier than we thought. So actually. The ability to write out the law and the word happened way earlier than we've actually yeah. given credit to. In fact, you can they, there are different archaeological discoveries that they have found in Israel that date back 24, 2500 years ago. Yeah. Like, like there's a silver, silver amulet that had the priestly prayer that they found as they were digging hmm. up bones. And it was like, wow, this is probably one of the oldest pieces we've ever been able to find. I've been to the valley where they believe the Israelites and the Philistines would have fought, and David Goliath down oh. there is cool. Yeah. They have found shards of pottery with, with Hebrew inscriptions, proto-Hebrew, which is like we have a Hebrew, and then there was like, Hebrew before that in different okay. letters. Yeah. So you're like, whoa, that predates anything that wow. we thought was during that time. They have found inscriptions of, and I can't remember what nation was it was fighting against Israel at the time, but in the inscription it says the house of David. And so mm. there's writing taking place way earlier than they thought because yeah. there's been the, well, there's no way they could have gotten it right. It was just passed on orally for years. And like, mm. well, two things. One, we are remiss to think like, uh, let me take that back. We think that they think like we do. We uh, we are inundated with words. I, this can has more words on it than I should ever read, and we have all these words. And <laughs> yeah. there's words, words. I mean, we are so inundated with words, and there's a context in the world of people that didn't have that many written words around them. For sure. So when oral law is given to you, you remember it and you recite it and yeah. resuscitate it, and then also there was actual written law, and so. Just to kind of go back, kind of put a bow tie on this, you have amazing copiers of the yeah. word. They're being handed down. They're a part of the tabernacle. They're a part of the temple. They're in the rabbinical system yeah. later in the synagogues. And you have real history associated with them. It didn't just all just happen. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing is, we can take archaeology r- almost right yeah. beside it and go, it talks about here. There's that city. Yeah. This the, this was the gate of Dan. There's the gate of Dan. Yeah. There's this, there's that. And so there's just all of this. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, to give support of yeah. scripture being transmission and uh, transcribed. And then my favorite, so well, keep it keep going. So you yeah. have Christ. Mm-hmm. I love that there's four gospels and not one. Yes. Now we say yeah. the gospel of Jesus, but there's not one gospel letter. There's four. Yeah. Yep. And it would be like us saying, hey, the four of us saw a car wreck. Describe what we saw. Yeah. Bo, you might say, I saw a guy in a blue shirt. He was 
Uh, I'm sorry, he's kicking foot. I, I saw. I'd saw probably it. be more super literal <laughs> with things. Yeah, uh, yeah. My my wife and there my family. It was a blue shirt. It was a Honda exactly. Civic. They hit. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm exactly. I'm exact with things. Yeah, yeah. And I might be the. So you might be like the book of Luke, like every yeah. detail. And I'm like, man, it was crazy. And there was a car, and hit this other car, and the guy walked away alive. And I'm yeah, like, that's like Mark. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. The and then immediately, gospel. blah blah. Yeah. And then another, you know. So there's a there's beauty in that and telling of these pieces. Man, so there's a lot there, a lot on that subject. Yeah. We could talk for a long time. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I think it'd be great for us to go into later yeah. about um, how how Jesus trusts the Old Testament, how um, yeah. the, the, the eyewitnesses, and there's a lot of for things sure. that we don't really think about that I think, why don't we like next coming episodes talk a little yeah. bit about that stuff more in detail? Part you know? two. Yeah, part two. Yeah, there about we the go. Bible. Sweet. So y'all can look forward to that in one of our forthcoming episodes. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Well, it's been good having you with us. Uh, as always, uh, subscribe, hit the little ding button for notifications. We'll be trying to put out these videos midweek for you guys. Yeah. And uh, we love that you're watching. So hopefully we'll see you next week as we continue to dive into all this stuff. Yeah, see you next week. Bye.